RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. This is, uh, I believe, our second Victory Monday in a row. And uh, our beloved Buccaneers uh, figure out a way to beat the Chargers, who are shorthanded without their quarterback, but are in better hands. You know, you hold the, you heard the whole thing about the punctured lung with Tyrod Taylor and his doctor. I'm sure his doctor is going to be getting uh, a call from Tyrod Taylor's uh, lawyer here pretty soon. Since you punctured my lung, and now I don't have a job. So not only can I not be on the field, but you uh, you lost me my job because uh, Herbert's not coming out because that young kid looks good. He looks like he's ready for prime time. Not be, not good enough to win, but put some things around him, and uh, he didn't look scared. He didn't look scared at all yesterday. He wasn't scared of of the moment. So the Buccaneers figure out a way to win yesterday, thirty eight thirty one. Um, and I've said this before in, after the Carolina win, uh, a good win, every win is good, not good enough to be, uh, a playoff caliber team, but you know, in the midst of us getting better and taking steps to get better, we're winning and that's important. There's still a lot of, a lot of ways we can be better. There's no doubt about that. We're going to talk about the good, bad and the indifferent today because there was all of that yesterday. Uh, in the game, that is for sure. Now, the Bucks didn't, they came out the first drive, they scored a touchdown. I, I did hear on the uh, broadcast that the Bucks have scored more points than any other team in the NFL in the first quarter, which is a good thing, and it does lead to victories. Uh, you don't want to let, you know, uh, the Chargers come back and just pretty much put it on us in the end of the first quarter and the second quarter, and we're really kind of lucky that the Chargers messed up and should have just went into the locker room up. I believe it was 14, 17 at the time. And you hand off with 40 seconds left, knowing there's nowhere to go and you fumble and you give up seven points. It's a big difference. It's a huge difference. What teams do at the end, at the end of the first half at the end of the game, last two minutes is huge in every single game. So that definitely hurt the chargers. Um, but the Buccaneers as a whole, Offensively, um, I like the fact that they came out yesterday and, and kicked some ass in the second half. They've been kind of quiet in the second half in their wins. Uh, they figured it out yesterday, and they got some points, and they moved the ball, which was nice. Defensively, they bucked down a little bit in the fourth quarter, which was nice as well. Um, defensively, that's not that wasn't a gem by any means to let a rookie quarterback come into your house and be very, very comfortable. I believe it was 20 for 25, 290 yards. Uh, we sacked him a couple times, but he was Herbert was pretty much comfortable most of the time. Um, we got to be better than that. Okay, we got to be better than that defensively. It's not a big deal. We won the game, but to give up 31 points is too many points really to anybody in any situation. Uh, we had eight penalties again, which is not the best thing in the world. But like I said, it's not a bad thing to be hemming out, you know, some of these issues, okay? They're ironing out stuff right now. And they're not where they need to be. But they're getting better. Like the week before, they had nine penalties. This week, we had eight penalties. You can win with penalties. You don't want them, obviously. 
But there's other little things that you need to start, you know, correcting quickly if you think you're going to start to beat the Seattles and the Green Bays and, and teams like that and, and the Saints. That's who we have to beat. You know, we're not, the Buccaneers aren't like the other teams who, you know, we, this is who we've beaten this year. We've beaten the Chargers. Um, we've beaten the Carolina Panthers. And uh, the other team we beat was, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, uh, Denver Broncos. Those three teams are not where the Buccaneers are. The Buc- those three teams are teams that are, you know, rebuilding, retooling, trying to figure out the future. That's not the Bucks, everybody. Let's get this straight right now. The Buccaneers are built to win immediately. We have a quarterback that's going to play two more years, probably, period. We have a, a, a coach that's probably going to coach two more years, period. We're built to win right now. And all the moves for the Buccaneers were to, for them to win right now. And I mean right, I mean immediately. So we're not the same situation as those other teams that, okay, you got a new quarterback in, you got Teddy Bridgewater, you got, you know, a new quarterback in. Well, it's not that. We have a lot of great football players put together, kind of bunched together at the end here. Not a big deal. But we're, we're built to win right now. Our defense had been playing like a team was ready to make the playoffs and hopefully the Super Bowl. They didn't do that yesterday. Um, way too many big plays out there, people. There was way, there was a couple big plays left out there as well. Now, in a conference where we have to you know, mess around with the Michael Thomases and the Julio Joneses of the world, um, you don't want to put that out there on film. You don't. You don't want to have to play the Falcons after play, doing that yesterday because there were some cats I'd never heard of before coming out the back of that defense. And 31 points is too much. I think we all, we all know that. But as a whole, um, I thought the Buccaneers competed. Okay, To be down that quickly by that much and to still look around and you know you have Tom Brady under the center and you know he's a confident dude that expects to come back. Um, I think they took a step forward yesterday. Now, there's a couple of things. We ran the ball substantially better yesterday. You know, uh, Ronald Jones, who had like 20 carries, 111 yards. I would like to see Ronald Jones get 25, 30 carries. If you have 20 carries, 111 yards at the end of the, at the end of the game, so you're averaging five point something a carry. I want you to have more carries. That, that makes sense. Putting the ball in the air. Bad things happen. Run the football for 5.6 yards a carry. Good things happen. I want to see them run the football a little bit more. It's good to see Keyshawn Vaughn out there. and didn't really know what number he was. Now he's number 30. I know who he is now. That's good. Scored a touchdown. Didn't see him get the football, which I would like to see him get. I mean, everybody wants that first touchdown. And as a whole, the offense played explosive. Now, I believe they lost O.J. Howard, possibly for the season with an Achilles. You can sit here and trip and cry over it, but I don't even really know what we're losing other than a good-looking athlete. Uh, Caught a couple balls yesterday. You know, it's just never enough with O.J. Howard. It's never enough. Now, Rob Gronkowski was brought in here to be the man, and he is a man because he's playing majority of the snaps. But to this point... um, I don't believe Rob Gronkowski has a touchdown to, to date. You know, we've four games in. He has nine catches. And we crucified O.J. Howard for not catching the ball. 
our starting tight end who plays about 80% of the snaps has nine catches in four games. Not good enough. It's not good enough. Okay, you're blocking, but hey, if we just want blocking, we'll put an extra offensive lineman out there. We need Gronkowski to be more. We need Cameron Brait at $7 million to be more. One, one attempt, you know, one target, one catch, one touchdown. I believe that's his only touchdown of the year, and I believe that's his only catch of the year. Um, Cameron Brait's got to put his big boy pants on, not at O.J. Howard, uh, maybe out for the season. And Cameron Brait's next up. And you have to wonder, why hasn't he been playing? There's, a, there's an answer. We just don't know it. It's either this one thing. You're not good enough or you're too soft to block. Those are the two things. Or else you would put him in there. He's a great target. But if you don't see him in there in regular offense, then he's too soft to block, period. So we'll see going forward what kind of, you know, role Cameron Brake plays uh, with this offense, because, you know, we talked about this 12 formation and two tight ends, and we've been doing it a lot, but we haven't been getting a whole lot out of the tight end position, unfortunately. The offensive line, to me, needs a game ball, okay? I love when the offensive line plays well. They run the ball. They protected Brady. That is a clean, as clean a pocket as I've seen in Tampa Bay in years. I have not seen a quarterback that comfortable in years. Brady had to move from his spot maybe four times all game, and he threw the ball a lot. You know, Jameis Winston asked me watching that game saying, you got to be kidding me. Come on. Where the hell was that the previous five years? But Tom Brady took care of his business. There was a one interception uh, to pass to Watson. I'd have to listen to the Bruce Arians show and hear what he has to say about it. You know, looked like Watson rounded off his route. Um, don't know if he's that great of a route runner to begin with, and I don't know if that should be our go-to guy at that time. But he's on the field, and uh, you got you got to make do with what you have out there, I guess. But that decision obviously didn't turn out well. But we're banged up, everybody. You know, Scotty Miller is banged up. OJ Howard may be out. You know, Godwin may not play. We're playing Thursday. You know, Thursday against Chicago. That's a tough turnaround, everybody. Chicago, who was 3-0, and and I believe they're 3-1 now. They lost yesterday. Put Nick Foles in there. Nick Foles is the best backup quarterback and the worst starting quarterback. Not the worst, but he ain't the best. Nick Foles is that guy. If it's 10th week of the season and your guy goes down, put Nick Foles in. But any earlier than that, it just doesn't work. It really doesn't. So we'll see if the Buccaneers are healthy enough. To mess around with the Chicago Bears, who got a pretty darn good defense. Yeah, there's going to be some, our tackles are going to get tested by Khalil Mack. Uh, that's a fact. Donovan Smith probably going to get a good dose. So was a rookie, Tristan Worse. Now, Tristan Worse, I watched him a little more yesterday than I've watched in the past. And I'm going to say this. I'm not sure I've seen a rookie in a long, long time look that good. I've not seen, I've not seen a rookie look that comfortable and that at home on the offensive line in a long time on this for the Buccaneers, maybe ever. If you didn't tell me Kristen Wurst was a rookie, I couldn't know. There's no way. He sets beautifully. He's a big, strong anchor. In the run game, he does great role in his hips. And he, and he competes. And he's been playing against some pretty darn good football players. And we haven't heard his name. 
I'm not sure if he's given up a sack yet this year. I, I don't remember it. I would have remembered, I believe. But Tristan Wirth is playing his ass off. Good for you. Good for Jason Light. The whole offensive line as a whole, I thought, played well yesterday. Jensen got a little nasty to him. You don't really hear Donovan Smith's name a lot, which is good. When you do hear Donovan Smith's name a lot, it's not good, usually. But as a whole, I'd have gave the offensive line a game ball yesterday. Then again, I'm pretty darn, I'm a pretty darn biased type guy. Now, if anybody ever wants to email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. I have a couple questions here. Here's from Pizza Lover, um, who uh, likes to email in, and we appreciate that. With the lack of productivity from every other receiver besides Evans and Godwin, you think the Bucks would be willing to sign Brown when he's off suspension? It's obvious they don't have much depth without those two. Now, um, Godwin hopefully will only miss one more week. Uh, Evans is going to be banged up all year long. Okay, Scotty Miller went down concussion, maybe. Maybe. Listen, you're going to have to go to your backups at times. Um, to bring in an Antonio Brown. And to put him in a locker room with a lot of very young, you know, <laughs> you know, influential or people, I guess, or people that were ready to be influenced. I don't know if that's the way to do it. Because Antonio Brown still has to sit out his, you know, suspension. So you're going to have him sitting in your locker room as a locker room lawyer while he's not playing. I don't know if that's worth it myself. Uh, I see Antonio Brown getting picked up by somebody, but I I don't know if the Buccaneers are the, are the, are the place for him. I hope not. Anyways, I think it would dirty up uh, success for this team if they got things done and you got to, you know, deal with that ass clown all year long. I'd, I'd rather not do it. I got another email here from Joshua Peel. He had a few different questions. He said, you feel like Ronald Jones isn't just running into the back of offensive linemen. It seems like he is more patient and moving laterally even bouncing more to the outside. Um, he's asking me if he's showing any progression from last year. Ronald Jones is what he has been the last three years. He dropped three balls yesterday, I believe. Uh, and they weren't that hard catches. Uh, Ronald Jones is just an average running back. I think he's a backup running back. I don't, think he's a, I don't think he's a starting running back. And that's not dogging him. You know, he got drafted pretty high. And he just doesn't do many things that are special. He's not, he's not bad. He's just not great. He's good. He's serviceable. You know what? You could win a Super Bowl with serviceable running backs. There ain't been a great running back win a Super Bowl. I don't remember the last one. It might have been Terrell Davis, the last great running back to win a Super Bowl. Seriously. They just, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Having a great offensive line to me is way more important than having a great running back. So I wouldn't lose too much sleep over Ronald Jones and his situation. And he says, what is Shaq Barrett's effect on the game? Is he worth the money the first four games? Uh, I think Shaq Barrett has three sacks. Last week, he was the defensive player of the week. This week, he had a sack. Um, so it's about three sacks in four weeks. If he ends up with the, with the season with 15 sacks, yep, he's worth every penny. So listen, Shaq Barrett earned his money. If he got put out there on open market, he'd have made maybe more money. So he got the franchise tag. Shaq Barrett plays hard. I never see him loafing. I always see him going hard, and I think that's a big deal. This, this linebacking crew, people, if you add Shaq Barrett, add JPP, Devin White, and Levante David was everywhere yesterday. Throw the ball, there he is. Run the ball, there he is. That's Levante David. 
So I'm not sure this Buccaneer linebacking crew isn't one of the better ones in the league, to be honest with you. There's another one that says here, uh, did the Bucs abandon the running game at the end of the game again? Um, we don't need to deal with Brady throwing the ball 45 times a game. Well, Joshua, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Uh, if you're getting 5.6 yards of carry, run the ball. And I, about the middle of the game, I was like, okay, this looks like what I want it to look like. And it kind of went away. And I think that's Byron Leftwich, you know, not really ever been in a situation where he could run the ball down somebody's throat. Not yet. Like yesterday might have been one of the first times I've seen the Bucks dominate like that up the middle. I mean, they were pushing them back. They were getting four or five yards a pop. You know, when you're looking at a Ronald Jones where 20 carries, 111 yards, 5.6 average, his long was 23. But that's the way I like to see the ball run. Four, five, seven, maybe a 23 in there. But not like one big long run. The other one's like minus two, one, two. No, this is, was an efficient running game. Second and six, third and two. That's when you start converting your third downs. Not when you run on first down and it's now it's second and 10. And then you have to pass the ball and then obviously the efficiency goes down. So I thought they ran the ball more efficiently yesterday. I just think they need to go to that a little bit more and for it to become the mentality of this football team. Because when you can run the football in January and, and December, that makes life a whole lot easier. You know, if you haven't noticed, there's been very high-scoring games as of late. I think uh, they, I was watching some betting show, and they said uh, yesterday was the first time that uh, the over-under had more than, I think, had seven teams over 50 because there's not a lot of defense being played. Some of it's defense, and listen to this statistic. This is half the battle. There's a 59% decrease in holding calls. 59% decrease in holding calls, offensive holding calls. You know how many plays that is not negating? Think of how many touchdowns come back for holding, or how many big plays come back for holding. The referees are allowing it this year, and that's okay. I think it makes a, the, and as an offensive lineman, I hate to see you know the, the, that flag on the ground for holding anyways. But to me, it makes the product good. It makes it better because you know, you're scoring more points, it's cleaner. Um, I know defensive linemen and defensive people will, will bitch and moan about it, but hey, that's life. But as a whole, I think our Buccaneers are in a good place. Um, now we got to play Chicago. We get that done, and then we're in a real good place. But I hope everybody's enjoying it. I hope everybody's enjoying their Victory Monday. Anybody wants to ever email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. And make sure you're listening to all the other podcasts as well. But I appreciate you guys listening every single week. Uh, it's always nice when it's a victory. Let's hope we're uh, celebrating another victory next Monday. Everybody have a wonderful week, and please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a Landry Football Quick Fix on Radio Influence. The SEC is kind of the hub of college football fan passion. You will get fan passion unlike anybody else in the SEC. But you also get a lot of reaction. And the passion doesn't match the intellect of football. There's this play. Well, they know football. They, well, you know, actually, they don't. 
you know, very few people, as my experience, truly understand the game. And unless you've coached it, scouted it at this level, you have a hard time getting a good feel for the whys. Everybody has their theory and everybody's engaged. So you got more people talking about it. Trust me. There's just not a lot of understanding of what truly happens. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how I grade a team, but I'm also going to talk about how there's some overreaction, particularly early in the year. What you see is not necessarily what you're going to see in the ensuing weeks. You begin to see a pattern after a few weeks, but always remember, you never stay the same as a player, as a coach, as a team during the course of the season. You never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. It's as simple as that. And I think most people kind of look at it in a way of, well, this is what they were. And, oh, by the way, this team's better than that team because we've been told that and we think that. And then, therefore, by, you know, by proxy, we think that this team that was beaten by a certain team one week uh, is now going to be beaten twice as bad because the next team is twice as good. Again, you don't know who the best teams are. You don't know who the best players are. The film and the games, the actual execution of the process determines who the best teams and players are. The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.